What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture, and we are back today with some special guests. We got amazing women of God joining us today. Uh, we got some friends from Overflow, from DMV area. We got Mickley and Zama with us. How you guys doing, family? Good. We're excited. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're doing good. I'm doing well. We're ready, excited to talk, hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you guys. I just want to say thank you uh, also very much for um, being willing to join us on Shaping the Culture and lending us your wisdom and your voice and your perspective. Um, I'm excited to be shaped, uh, to be challenged, and to grow from this conversation. So it's a real treat and honor to have you guys for real. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, for sure. So for our listeners, for those who may or may not know, um, last week we dropped an episode called Single Men and Pride. And to my surprise, I guess it shouldn't have been surprising because it's talking about relationships. But uh, yeah, the numbers did really well. A lot of you guys tuned in. A lot of you guys gave some feedback and you guys wanted a part two. So here we are with a part two. Um, And for those who didn't watch the episode, that's A-OK. What we did is we had uh, me and some some friends get on just to talk about, um, man, what kind of hinders men from pursuing women, um, what what kind of what's our setbacks, and when we really took a deeper look at it, we really uh, realized it's it's our pride, it's fear, um, yeah, it's just a bunch of ungodly reasons, and so we exposed ourselves in that episode, and I guess you guys like that. Uh, so here we are uh, coming to expose the women now. No, I'm just playing, but. <laughs> um it was it was a really dope conversation and our sisters reached out and was like hey that was really helpful would love to hear um a woman's perspective on why women remain single and so we got some uh bright uh individuals with us today to help us unpack some of that stuff um and so yeah that was part one um and this is part two of that and so if you want to go back and check out part one uh you can find us everywhere youtube spotify apple Podcasts. make sure to take a listen um share with friends like subscribe all that good stuff had to get that out the way um but yeah so here we are um part two and I want to ask you guys, um, what holds you guys from being in a relationship? Um, or what kind of hinders women from taking that step into uh, a, a romantic partnership or relationship? Do you want, do you want to start? <laughs> I guess, you know, me being single, I will start. <laughs> yeah, <good> um, <laughs> so... I don't know. This is a this is a really good topic. And I just want to say also when you guys talked about it in part one, um, number one, thank you for your honesty. And you guys were definitely uh, exposing yourselves in a good way um, and having a real conversation. I would say there are a lot of similarities, I think, between what you guys talked about with why men might be single and then why women might be single. I think there are certain things that might overlap. Um, I would say, though, one thing that was probably the most different from my perspective um, is the options part so how guys tend to have a lot of options and there tend to be more women well there are uh more women in the church usually right mm-hmm. um yeah they can i hate this term but who they can choose from or who they can kind of pick so um from a women's perspective it tends to be the opposite right yeah so the options aren't as 
extensive. And again, this is from my perspective. So I know different churches could be different. So, um, or different communities could be different as well. So I think that was one of the biggest things that might've been different. And I remember um, the article, cause I had actually read this article a while back. I think one of my guy friends actually sent it to me. So I read it a while back. A good friend. <laughs> Something that actually stuck out to me was um, it said one of the lines and I won't forget, it said the cruelty of options. And basically talking about how there were a lot of options and it was funny to me that the word cruelty was used because I would say for women it might be the opposite right like uh, we options to us aren't a cruelty because it's not really many options so we don't really see it that way and I think that was a really interesting dynamic um but I would say what for me personally what keeps Meckley single is just it isn't the right person hasn't come along it hasn't been the right opportunities and things like that it's not so much so um one big reason i would say yeah yeah um, but yeah you guys had some really good points in terms of pride um in terms of uh i would even say one thing too that i'm guilty of is having sometimes having a consumerism mindset mm. just we are trained to think like consumers right so when we look at relationships we're trained to look in a way or to ask the question how does this serve me um, how does this make me happy right and the reason why the consumerism mindset is really dangerous um and we really have to catch ourselves in that is because we at the end of the day um tend to you guys said something last time about like oh well we want a 10 but we're actually a six or something along those lines um and so i think that's that's a really real point because with the consumerism mindset we look at what we can take and let me ask you guys if somebody said what do you want in a relationship usually for you know most people they would say oh i want a man like this i want a man who looks like this i want a man who's six four i want this i want this yeah. uh rarely ever do we approach that question with what can i bring to the table i want a relationship that looks like this i want to be this for somebody yeah i want to offer this i want to serve in this way and so rarely do we look at it in that perspective yeah we kind of have to shift that like mindset and kind of turn our mindsets around a little bit and start answering those questions the question of what do i want what does mekli want what you know what does zama want in a relationship yeah. um and and change the narrative a little bit what can mekli bring what can i bring to the table and what that does is it actually um it sobers us right when i can see my own shortcomings when i'm more self-aware in that area i can see my shortcomings i can see my um my sinful ways i can see my flaws, my weaknesses, um, I'm able to then develop a more realistic expectation for my partner, my significant other. And then I think what happens there is we kind of ditch this consumerism mindset and we humble ourselves, right? And we don't think of ourselves as higher as we are, right? I think in the article it said, um, it referenced Romans 12 when Paul says that, right? He says, because of the grace I've been given, yeah. all you all i say to everyone amongst you do not look at yourselves as higher do not think of yourself as higher than you are yeah. and so when we kind of um ditch that consumerism mindset and realize the true purpose it's a purpose issue right we realize the purpose of a relationship is not to make me happy alone right um it really it changes the game a little bit so yeah wow uh you dropped some bombs there there's some few things i want to um, get back to, but before we do that, Zayma, do you want to add to that? Or I know yeah. you're not uh, single per se, um, but what was kind of your take and 
Yeah, I'll, I, I guess I'll represent like the 3% of the church population that is in a relationship. <laughs> um, um, I want to add on to uh, what Magritte said, where I was, I was also really thankful and appreciative to hear the perspective of the last episode. And, and if you guys haven't heard it, I definitely would listen to um, part one of this conversation, just because I don't think that some of the things that you guys talked about and were really raw and honest about are typically said or confessed in especially in the church. Um, and it was, it was refreshing to hear um, to the point where I even sent it to a lot of my single girlfriends where um, I think they needed to hear some of the things that you guys were saying, you know, um, to understand maybe why they're not being pursued or um, just the mindset that the men of the church are in. Um, yeah. Even if it didn't represent all of them, it represented, I think, a majority yeah. of the men in the church and in our community for sure. But um, with that being said, um, I think in addition to what McLeet said, if we're being real, there's also this idea of not being attracted to the people that are around, mm -hmm. right? So there could be a few men in the church that, you know, are, um, are available, but maybe they might not be attracted to the men that are around them, mm -hmm. um, which is something that I have seen in conversations I have had with the women in our community that are single. Um, another thing is I think that there is, a difference in Maklid, I think you can kind of um, back me on this or correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think there is a lack of spiritual maturity in the men in the church that women are afraid to commit to wow. and give their lives to and trust their lives to be in. Because when you are looking to be pursued, when you are um, putting yourself in a vulnerable state as a woman to be someone's one day wife and eventually girlfriend, one day wife, um, you want to make sure that he, I mean, we all struggle, right? And you're not going to find a man who is this perfect biblical man that doesn't have his own struggles, but like, how does he respond to those struggles? Where is his, where is he spending his Saturday nights? Where is, who are the people that he's surrounding himself with? There are all these questions and all of these, um, fears I think that women tend to have, um, where they don't want to, commit to a person who might back out later on when, you know, the move or um, they lack spiritual guidance and counseling and, you know, are prideful in those um, areas and are not willing to talk to pastors or talk to, you know, um, people that are, you know, higher than them and more mature than them. There's a, there's a lot of these things that women see that I think that men either hide or don't think that we see, uh, that we do. And it, it is, it is a fear because you have to submit to this person one day. So how am I going to submit to someone who, you know, doesn't follow like the word or doesn't, you know, submit to even his leadership and, and his, the things that God has called him for, you know? So, um, that's, that's a big thing too. And I think that, um, we, need to have those honest conversations with our brothers that we see. I think it's easier when you are in a relationship and you have these conversations with the men um, or when you are a man and you've had these conversations with the men in the church where, you know, brother, life is not really going in the direction that God has called for you. Um, and it's great that you're serving on Sunday, but what are you doing in your Monday through Saturday that can show a woman of God that she can trust you with her life and that she can submit to you um, and that the Lord is doing a good work in you and that you are being faithful to that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a, a long <laughs> way to explain, I think, two other perspectives of why women in the church could be single. Wow. 
no, that's really, really good. Um, I follow up question here. So for you guys, um, when you, cause um, you know, when you guys talk about this idea of what you bring to the table, right? McLeet touched on this. And then also if you're thinking through what you bring to the table, you're, I think in response, also gonna be thinking about what the man brings to the table. And I think maybe that hits a little bit on what Zan was talking about, man, like is his faith where it needs to be, right? And not, you know, not just someone that, you know, attends church and serves the church, but is really pursuing the Lord with everything that he has. Um, what discourages you guys the most? Is it, um, you know, is it what you guys look for um, on the exterior or what you guys see as far as biblical conviction or their faith journey? Or are they intertwined? Um, how does that work for you guys? Um, it could be both. I would say I've, you know, gone out with great Christian men who I'm not necessarily attracted to, but kind of felt, I mean, there is a pressure, let's be real, right? Like to get married and to submit to, or to um, be with a man who is godly, right? Who exemplifies godliness, but sometimes the attraction part gets a little bit pushed under the rug, right? Like, it's not that important, but like kind of is, you know? And then there's the other side of it where, you know, there's a guy who could be really attractive, but he has major character flaws and doesn't really, isn't plugged into community or is, and, you know, you can just by observing tell that there are certain things where like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you space. Let you figure that out. Yeah. But really, I think that's why community is important. I think that's why having close mentors and disciple, like disciplers and, you know, discipleship is really important. People that can speak into your life. We should never be dating in silos. Um, yeah. you know, it's, you should feel like it's a safe, a safe enough space in your community that even if you wanted to try something out with somebody, right? And if it doesn't work out because of the lack of spiritual maturity, then you have people to fall back on to really guide you and counsel you in that because it happens and it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, because at the end of the day, we have to go into it knowing, um, yes, I don't date for recreation, I date to get married, but at the end of the day, everything is not so black and white, it's not very cut and dry. Um, it may or may not work. We have to be willing to at least hear from counsel. We have to be willing. Um, and I think the biggest thing too is like us as women, I think we're big observers. I think we're big um, listeners. I say that, you know, speaking generally, but um, I think observing men in community is a great place for us to really pull conclusions and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, to go back to your question, I do think it's both. Um, I wouldn't say it's one over the other necessarily, but um, yeah, just being in community and here and being willing. And I think the biggest red flag for me too is like when somebody is not, uh, I always say this, to move forward with somebody, to even get married to somebody, you don't have to know everything about them, right? You just have to know enough. Yeah, yeah. Enough so that you can make a wise decision yeah. um, and be willing to carry whatever it is that you guys brought from your past together in a productive way right? Neither person has to be perfect. In fact, neither person will ever, right, be perfect. And so having a conscious understanding, you know, we're both flawed spiritually, though, I think, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of prayer, discernment to really see where that is. You can't always see that right off the bat. Just taking that time to uh, consider, to pray, um, to seek counsel. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's kind of my perspective on that. Sam, do you have anything? Wait, quick question to respond to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wouldn't add. I wouldn't add to that. I think that was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you guys have to, for the most part, um, give up looks or attraction 
in order to get a man of God. <laughs> so, <laughs> what were you going to say? I'll just start by saying I didn't have to. Praise God. Uh, I'll just, I'll just. But um, I, <laughs> honestly speaking, I think that. that typically tends to happen to be the case. Um, And I think that women not, and it's not even about has to, I think that like, I think that it's, it's more common in women to be more attracted to a guy for who he is and his personality and, and the way he serves God and all these other things rather than, and and then put the looks aside. Um, I mean, like, I think you also tend to be more attracted, attracted to the person that shows you those positive qualities in them. Right. I've, I mean, I've heard from from girlfriends who are like, I wasn't attracted to him before, but as we've built this, I'm more attracted to him now, you know? And I think that's totally okay. I don't think that happens as, com- because for in order for, I think, a, a man to pursue, I think he does want to see that attractive quality. And that's not bad either. You know what I mean? Like you don't, like God doesn't want us to not be happy, not be, you know, physically attracted to the people that we might potentially spend forever with, you know? But I think that women do, and I don't want to call it subtle, but I think that women do tend to um, put looks aside and be willing to, you know, understand and see like a person um, or a man for who he is than than men do typically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. I don't, <laughs> I've had I've gotten to literal disagreements with my girlfriends about this <laughs> because a lot of times, like, they'll think like, you know, sometimes you just got to think: Is he going to be a good father? Is he going to raise your kids well? And I'm like, all right, well, am I going to want to wake up next to him every morning? <laughs> you know, I feel like there should be a reasonable balance here. I'm not yeah. asking for the finest man in the world, but at the same time, like, attraction is important, and I think we need to say that more. I think as women, sometimes we, because women tend to be more emotional, emotionally driven, and you know, um, it could be seen as like, oh, it's fine as long as we're emotionally compatible. Uh, everything else can just I can forsake the looks you know to a certain extent yeah um but I don't know I don't think that's true and I've definitely like I'll be honest and this is just me being real for a second like I have overlooked some great guys you know for a shallow <laughs> past, right but <laughs> we know <laughs> so women do this too it's not just men yes yeah. no, we probably don't do it as much as y'all but like we definitely <laughs> I'm just kidding. We definitely do. And I, and I think uh, it's overlooked. Like women value attraction and I can't speak for every woman, like I said before, but um, I definitely value it. And at the end of the day, like sometimes it seems like, you know, if a man is spiritually mature enough and he can lead us, it's like, oh, well just be with him because don't be picky. Um, Your standards are too high or, you know, you want a 10, but you're a six type thing, which is realistic to an extent, you know, but Um, I do think attraction is important. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. Shifting gears here a little bit. um, Do you guys subscribe to the thought that the man should be the pursuer? And if you guys do subscribe to that, do you think that's another reason why maybe women are still single is because they're kind of waiting on the men to make the first move or to initiate that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, okay. So do I subscribe to that? No, I don't. I mean, okay. So for my situation, yeah. I wasn't the first one to pursue, but I was involved in the, I mean, our situation was very, honestly, we kind of both have to be there to tell the converse, to tell the story because I saw it differently. He thought like, it's, it's a very, you know, um, both of us were interested in each other 
Um, but Pursua was from him. Like I wasn't like pursuing him and doing all these things. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's wrong. And I, I, I would encourage women to pursue, but I would, I would take that with caution and I wouldn't always, um, tell my sisters to do so. And the only reason is I think with our community, our culture, and even just men in general, regardless of culture, you never know. There's a very fine line between a woman pursuing and it being, you know, cute and hot and whatever, and it being aggressive and weird. Um, some You never know if a guy likes a woman who pursues and if a guy, you know, doesn't. Um, but which is, yeah, definitely a reason why I think a lot of the women end up not being pursued or not, you know, moving forward with something because the fear of, will he think I came on too strong? Um, will I be embarrassed? Is he going to, you know, think of me or not be attracted to me anymore? You know, and kind of waiting for him to make that first move. Um, and I feel that because would I do it? I don't know. I don't think I would just off of the principle of like, I don't want to look, you know, like this aggressive girl that's, you know, trying to <laughs> come, you know, at you. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Maklit? Um, Well, I guess first thing, like, let's define pursuit, right? Because sometimes we think, um, like, I think if you're a girl, if you're a woman and you want to shoot your shot, shoot your shot, girl, like, do it, you know, like, uh, take the risk. If you want to tell a guy you like him, tell him. There's no shame in that, right? I think at the end of the day, we need to kind of evaluate the process, right? Pursuing is a process. It's not just a guy telling a girl that he likes her and wants to take her out. That's not pursuing, right? It's it's being consistent. It's following through. And and I always like to say nothing ever ends bad. It starts bad. And so I want to just, um, for women, I'm giving, you know, this is to women. Notice how he starts and don't forget that. So I think from the beginning, if you're the one doing the chasing, if you're the one um, doing the following through, if you're the one showing the interest in that way and, and he's not really doing much, I would say be wary of that because um, a man who initiates from the beginning and follows through is a man who can most likely lead a household well. Yeah. You want to just look at the character behind that, behind the pursuit. It's not so much we can get technical and say like, oh, well, a girl should or shouldn't ask a guy out on a date. That is technicalities. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, if you want to ask a guy to coffee, ask a guy to coffee, but notice the character behind the pursuit and behind the process. Um, I think that's what's important. It, is he a man of his word? Um, through the process, when he says something, is he going to do it? I think these are certain things that women need to look out for. And the best time to do that is from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if that really answers the question, but I would say, um, the pursuit, the process of that, um, I would give that over to the to the man, um, but the woman is responsible to come alongside him and pursue him as well. I don't believe it's just, you know, one person pursues and the other person just sits and just kind of, um, I don't know, like does nothing and, and lets the guy take initiative on everything. I believe the woman should take initiative on certain things, but evaluate the process, ladies. And I will say this too, I've seen it done wrong. I've seen it done, um, when I say wrong, I mean from a woman's perspective. I've seen certain. Um, let's just say I think it's important that we should honor the pursuit. The man should honor the woman in his pursuit and respect her, and the woman should honor the uh, the man in her response. Right. Mm-hmm. So we look at it like one of the things that was said in part one. Um, a man might be afraid to. One of the fears that guys have are to approach a woman in the same community because um, if she turns him down, then 
everyone's going, no, he can't hit up a, a girlfriend of hers. He can't pursue anybody else or ask anybody else out. And I will say, and ladies hear me when I say this, because um, I've seen it done wrong. If a man approaches you, right? If a man in your community approaches you and asks you out or tells you how he feels, whatever, and you do not feel the same way, that conversation should end right there. Right? We should not go further. We shouldn't be running to our girlfriends and telling them, oh, so-and-so asked me out, da-da-da-da. I'm interested. We need to respect and honor not just the man's reputation, but his heart, right? Yeah. And honor him and say, hey, I see what you did. I see the step that you took. I know it wasn't easy. I'm going to respect that, even if I don't feel the same, right? Yeah. So I think both parties have a role to play. It's not just the man doing it right in his pursuit or the woman you know, doing it right in her response. I think both the man and the woman have a role um, and neither is more important than the other, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I would say just, just focus when ladies focus on the character behind the pursuit, the process behind it, um, evaluate that um, a man who initiates a man who leaves no room for confusion. That's most likely be a man who leads your household. Well, yeah. And in, even in addition to that, that's so important, McLean. And I think that that's a thing that really needs to be practiced and said in in this context and in the community, especially in the church where like, it's already so close. Like, I mean, what are you going to get from like going around and telling people like that this person pursued you? Like, it's not a nice thing. You're all like, it probably already took like guts for that person to come to you and to approach you and to pursue you anyways. It just, it doesn't make sense. And times where I've, to be honest, times where I've heard stories about, you know, men asking a girl on a coffee date or whatever, I don't, I don't know who else you told, but don't tell anybody, don't, don't tell anybody else. And in that same conversation, it goes with, um, let's say you are, you know, talking and you are going on dates and things like that. Just like keep that to yourself too. I think that was the, I think that was the smartest thing that I did that really helped cultivate and strengthen my relationship in the beginning. Um, I mean, everyone is different in everyone's relationship with their friends and with the people that they know and, um, and things are different, but I, I mean, I didn't tell my best friends, um, that I was talking to my boyfriend when I, when we were first talking. Um, and that came from like learning hard lessons from my past, you know, um, it just didn't seem necessary because if things didn't move in the direction where it was going to head, then it didn't move in the direction it was going to head. Would I later on tell my friends like, Hey, I was actually talking to this guy and, and it didn't work out probably, but like, like that's, that's where that ends. Right. Um, and I think that that's so important and people are so excited to tell and talk and, and, but word spreads fast. And then you don't know how the power of the tongue will affect you and your, your potential relationship. If uh, people are going to be excited for you or not excited for you. Um, I mean, people didn't know about my relationship for the first year of it, you know, and even in that first year, the people that knew were the people that just that needed to know. Um, again, that doesn't work for every relationship. That's not, it's not the standard and not everybody has to move that way, but um it's something that really did help like us cultivate a strength and a foundation that later on when people did find out and tried to shake it, it, and they have, and it, it's happened. Um, it, it can't be moved and it can't be shaken because in that season we've cultivated trust. We've cultivated understandings. If something comes up about him or I in our pasts, Hey, guess what? I already know about it. You know what I mean? Like you're not surprising me with anything. Um, oh, well, you know, she did this in her past. I already know <laughs> we talked about it. You know, these, these things are supposed to be sacred and supposed to be held in conversation in privacy. And, um, 
and in, in transparency and honesty and how can you do that and have other people's opinions and have other people's insights in that conversation that are not your, your pastors and your counselors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the people that need, I, I believe need to know from the beginning. Um, I would also, I would also add on that too. I think if uh, really quick, the, like once you, once you actually start this dating process, it is important to have uh, like pastors, like Zayma said, oh my gosh, yeah. close people who you trust that could speak into your life. Um, but it's also just exercising wisdom and like when and how to speak, right? Like if a guy approaches you and you know, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, at that point, you're just doing it for gossip, right? Yeah. If you genuinely need to seek counsel, right? Like I'm not saying we should hold things in and never tell anyone anything, but if we want to seek counsel, ladies, if we want to seek advice and wisdom from the people that we trust, there is a wise way to do that. We just have to examine our motives in everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If going to speak on a man and what he said or what he did, let's just check ourselves for a second, examine our motives. Why am I telling, am I just being loose-lipped or do I have a reason for this? Yeah. Um, and I think that really just protects and it creates a space of encouragement and even just edifying the men in our community to say, hey, we respect you. Mm-hmm. Here, just trying to get you know snatched up, but not really caring how it makes you guys look, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. So many good things uh, being said here. Um, I did want to go back to initial thought that Zema had about um, one of the reasons why it's sticky for women to pursue men is because of the cultural norms. Uh, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper here. Here at shaping the culture, we want to make sure that. The scripture is um, our, um, yeah, kind of like our, um, you know, our foundation. It's, you know, the standard. And so what do you think, not just in mainstream culture, but even in Christian culture, what has harmed women in the dating process and singleness? Uh, What other barriers have uh, Christian culture and culture at large um, uh, had on women? Um, so I don't know, let me know if I'm answering your question correctly, but, um, I think this idea of jumping straight into, okay, this is going to be my husband one day. This Mm -hmm. is going to be my wife one day. And as Christians, and especially in the Christian culture, that's what we see. And that's like, you don't really, I've had this conversation many times, actually, you don't really see like the, um, importance in the dating season. It's always, we're either single or we're looking towards marriage. Mm. The dating season, that dating, um, that time of cultivating, like getting to know each other, it's it's so important, but it's often overlooked. Yes, marriage is important. Yes, your singleness season is important. And there are things and aspects in those two seasons that are super important. But in the Christian culture, we're either, Lord, I'm single and I'm, you know, praying for the right person, or here's my husband, Lord, and bless our marriage. Um, and to the point where even this is so adamant and this is so true to the point where we've had my boyfriend and I, we've had struggles trying to find devotionals on just dating. Like we've gone through pages and pages and pages of the devotional app trying to find a devotional on just dating um, where it, they're, they're either about being single or being heartbroken or being married. We found a few. Um, luckily we found this one book actually I have it right here and I can, I can, show it to you guys if anyone's in their dating season i would strongly recommend we just started this but it's called together with christ um, by chelsea damon um it's an amazing 52-week devotional and it's the only one really that i've seen um with you know decent reviews for dating couples like this one is specifically for dating couples Mm -hmm. um 
And, and it's so interesting to see how neglected almost the dating season is. Um, and in the same way that, um, as Christians, we are meant to, you know, walk this earth as we are to walk, you know, we're supposed to be on this earth as it is in heaven. And we are supposed to, you know, um, like the ways that we're living our lives is for the kingdom of God, right? The same way that like your singleness and your dating season specifically is set for marriage. Like it's set to help you walk through marriage, right? Um, it's, it's a principle that I think is often overlooked. And I think that um, to answer your question, long-winded answer, but to answer your question, your, the dating season in, in Christian communities is not often seen as important or not navigated through people don't know don't know how to navigate it um people are that are in relationships are kind of you know trying to figure out oh like is this right like a lot of us too that are in relationships right now that are dating and not engaged or married it's hard to talk to married couples sometimes because it's like you can you can give me advice on this but you kind of forgot what it's like to be dating you know or um you know, there's, there's struggles that come with dating that just, you don't have in marriage anymore, you know, and, and, or you're living with each other now, so you can handle these issues differently. Um, and I think that there's a lack of, um, support. There's a lack of understanding for, and even importance in planning for dating at like when I think in singleness, I was planning more for marriage Mm. and I was thinking of my husband, not my boyfriend. You know what I mean? I was thinking of my future husband, God, who is my future husband going to be? What is he going to be like? Father God, I'm praying for my future husband. But like the dating season is just as important because that's cultivating what's going to be my marriage. If my dating season is shaky and not strong and I don't have things to look to or resources to look to for that to be strong, then how will my marriage be? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Does that answer that <laughs> the yeah, question? Yeah, no, that's okay. good. yeah. And, and I think that is. Yeah. And. And to add on to that, so when you're, when, when you are in your season of singleness, yes, like think of your marriage and pray for your future spouse. But in that same sense, like just pray for the person that like God is going to bring to you that you're going to be spending dating because I mean, unless you have plans to be dating for like, even if you're dating for a short amount of months and getting married or you're dating for a long time and then getting married, like your dating season is so crucial. So really like try to plan and start to think about dating and I hear from a lot of women actually you know I'm not ready to be in a relationship and I'm just not ready to date which is another um aspect of like why the women in the church are single um that they're not ready and that's fine like because that's totally valid you may not be ready but don't like just stop it I'm not ready right like you need to what are you doing then to make yourself ready and that's another thing that I've I've, I've had to say to people um is okay, cool. You're not ready. What are you doing right now actively? Right. Are you praying to God to start working in you, uh, working in the areas that you need to be ready in? Are you talking to your pastors and counselors? What if someone so walks through the door tomorrow and catches your eye and you're attracted to him? It's really going to be unfair to him and unfair to you if you now pursue, let him pursue you just because you're now attracted to him or he's a great guy and he's going to be a, you know, a good husband one day. You potentially see those things because you said you weren't ready yesterday. So what, like, what makes you ready now? So, so even in your singleness, if you're single, if you're listening to this and you're single guy or girl and you're saying, I'm just not ready yet, start now and start doing things to help you get ready and whatever it is. Oh, I have daddy issues. So I need to work on those things. Or, um, I'm hurt from my past relationship and there's trauma there that I want to fix. 
fix those things, pray on those things, give those things to God, because they're not just going to go away when you meet someone who's attractive. Like, are you saying you're not ready just to say you're not ready? Or are you just saying you're not ready to ignore the problems that you're not ready in and just waiting for the right person to come? Right. So um, that's also really, really important is if you're not ready, start doing things now to make yourself ready. Don't just wait until you know, he walks through the door, she walks through the door and now you have to make yourself like you're on a 30 day plan, like fasting and <laughs> fasting and praying to, to now be ready for this person. Um, cause that's really not fair. And you're potentially going to hurt someone else in the process. Um, because you weren't ready yesterday and you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, no, that's so powerful. So good. Mickley, anything yeah. you want to add to that? Um, no, that was really good. Sama. I would say, not specifically to to that, but to answer your point and certain things that even women might have been told growing up in the church about relationships or certain stigmas or just thoughts that I've had that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. I can say one thing for that is that God picks your spouse and there's like, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I thought for the longest time, I believe that. I thought there was only one person in this world that God created for me. Number one, that's not even biblical. <laughs> um, and number two, I would say that, um, it really, there's so much beauty in covenant. I will say that the idea of a soulmate or only one person for you lessens the weight of covenant. Uh-huh. I think the fact that God allows us to choose, yeah. even though we know, and you guys mentioned this in part one, even though we know there might be someone better out there who looks better. There might be somebody who is more spiritually mature. There might be somebody out there who, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah in that I choose you for the rest of my life, that is the beauty and covenant, right? So I think to people out there who might be thinking, God, I might've missed that one person or I have to like find that one person for me. Do I believe that there's somebody who, you know, God may not want you to be with? Yeah, I do, right? But at the end of the day, I believe that if two people are following a purpose, um, if two people are in alignment with their purpose and who are running towards Christ, come together and find attraction in many ways, I think that the Lord can use that. And he will use that. And he will honor that. And I believe that's really where the beauty is. So for um, me, I think one thing that I've been told a lot growing up was like, you, God has someone for you. He has one person for you. Sorry. Um, does he have someone for me? I believe that, you know, if Lord willing, I, I live to, to get married. I believe that there is also humility in that, right? Like marriage is not promised to everybody. Um, no matter how Christian you are, marriage is not promised to you. Um, and I think that that's a, it's a sobering and a humbling thing. It's something that in our singleness, um, and you know, even in our dating process, we need to come to terms with that, right? Like, Lord, if I never get married, am I okay with that? Am I okay with just you? And so that's another thing too, that I struggled with for a while and that I even struggle with sometimes today. Right. And I have to be brought back to the sobering reality of, um, Lord, if it is your will and you have somebody for me, um, great. But if not, let me be content in you fully. And so working on, you know, what does that look like and how can I pursue the Lord in that way that he, he meets my deepest desires that I don't look for that in somebody else. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Marriage is a gift. It's not a promise. And um, it's so good to, for you to point that out. Um, Are there any other hurdles that you uh, sisters have to go through um, as a single or in a, in a relationship um, context? Uh, What? Yeah. Or, Anything else that you want to bring up? Yeah, because I, I, I do have questions, but I want to also uh, <laughs> leave room for you guys to insert some of your thoughts as well. But is there anything um, that comes to mind? 
No, and what Makli just brought back about the last conversation um, from the article as well of being the kid in the, in the ice cream store and, you know, you choose a flavor, but there's so many other flavors that you can choose from. Um, that's such a dangerous way of thinking. And I think that it it's not even a because these are humans these are people that you're talking about these are not like chocolate's not gonna get hurt if you choose strawberry you know what i mean like there's it's not even like like i understand in that case but um and i and it doesn't prove to a point but um i think that if you feel that way if if a man feels like okay i might be pursuing this girl and another girl might come in and and take my eye that's so dangerous to think that way and if you think that way you might not be ready to be in a relationship you might not have the maturity actually no not you you you, you probably don't have the maturity to be in a relationship and that's something that you really do need to look into and see what the source of that is yeah. and um try to find resources and talk to people that will help you see differently in that case um it's, it's so dangerous to have because I think as women, that's a hurdle because like we think of that too, you know, when it's like, what if, what if somebody does like come into the room and, and you now turn your head and you know, that, that she, she takes, um, you know, she takes you away. The thing is also to be really real, to be realistic, we're humans, right? So like you're going to find people attractive. It's not like you enter, you get into a relationship and no one is attractive to me anymore. Like there's no guy that I find attractive at all. There's no girl that he finds attractive at all. Like that just doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I'll, I'll show you someone and be like, isn't she so pretty? Like, isn't she so cute? Like, and if he's like, no, I'm like, are you crazy? Like she is, you know, you, you don't like, I wasn't trying to trap you, you know, right. <laughs> so He's not trying to lose you. No. <laughs> um yeah but like yeah <laughs> no <laughs> but like you know like I'm I'm gonna acknowledge if someone's attractive but like that like because that's normal like you're not blind now that you're in a relationship you acknowledge those things but you don't act on it and it's not like you have to try like I don't have to try so hard like oh please don't let me lust over this guy like you know what I mean like it's just because we've cultivated and we've brought up something we there's things that we've been through that it's just, I can't move. Like he can't move because you can be attractive and I can acknowledge that you're attractive, but for it, for it, for it to get to a point where I find you attractive and I want to get to know you, you aren't, there's an issue there. Um, but then also if we're speaking earlier on into the, cause that's, that's a whole other thing. But if you're talking early on in the relationship where you've only been talking to a girl for maybe let's say you've been talking to her for a week or two weeks and mm-hmm. you've been on like two coffee dates or whatever, and things are super early. Um, and let's say somebody else, which it was just another thing. Like, I feel like it's so hard for guys to even in our culture and in our situation now, like how did another girl come up when it took you like three years to even find this one? Like how did, how did one magically now appear where now you found this other girl that's your type attracted? Like what, (laughs) you know, um, it's such, it's a fear that is so, it doesn't even make sense, but let's say she does. Right. Um, it's just about communication, like having a conversation and saying, Hey, like, just want to gauge and let you know, like where we 
are where I think we're at. Um, and having that, it may be awkward, but you need to have that conversation to say, Hey, like, are you, are you cool with like seeing other people or like getting to know other people? Um, since this is super early on, like having those conversations to avoid hurting another person, I think that's totally fine. Like I personally, I think that's okay. Um, and then in the same, in the latter, having a conversation of, Hey, like, I'm really getting to know you. I'm really starting to like you. Um, I want this to move towards a direction of a relationship where I want you to, you know, be my girlfriend, be my boyfriend. Um, can we be exclusive? Like, is this a thing that can now be exclusive where I'm, I just want you to know, I'm not looking at other girls anymore. I'm not really looking to get to know other girls. I've, I've gotten to know something in you that I want to pursue and get to know more. That's totally fine. You know? So yeah. No, I love it. I hope that helps and kind of answers that because that was, it's such a common thing where guys really do fear, like, what happens when, you know, another shorty walks in, like, if you walk, if you are, you know, if you are deep into this, with this girl, if you really like it, like, nothing's going to turn your head, really, um, as you're walking with God, and as you're, you know, honoring being a man of God, and what he's given you, and what that means, yeah. um, if it's early on, just make your intentions clear, just be, you know, yeah. it's just, it, it, it sucks when, you go on a date with another girl and then I find out and it's like, mm. you know, I wasn't aware. Um, it would just have been nice to know that you're open to, you know, getting to know other people. And if she's like, I don't, I don't like that, then she doesn't like that. And maybe a person that might be your type, you know? Yeah. It's good. It's good. Mickley, do you have something to add to that? No, that's really, that's good. Definitely communicate expectations always. Yeah, cause, so I do have one follow-up question to that. Do you guys feel like when you see men moving that way, that hinders you guys from even wanting to be committed to men in general? Like there's this fear of commitment that might be birthed from seeing men not know what they want or not after choosing what they want, being faithful to that. Like how has that made you guys feel as women? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> uh, I think naturally, yeah. Like, like McLean said, like we are emotional as women. Like, I think it'd be false to say that it doesn't hinder, it doesn't suck to see, and it, it doesn't hurt. Um, but I think that's where maturity can kick into for women too. Is is just understanding that he has no commitment to you right now and it's okay if he wants to get to know other people and you can get to know other people too i mean it's harder because there's a lack of men but you know like like it's fine you <laughs> said it not me another, another conference COVID is ruining <laughs> it needs to be another conference um for sure but you know like i i i think to be real yes mcleet what do you what do you think as women we are responsible for really just protecting ourselves, protecting our hearts. Um, I think we do jump really quick. We jump the gun really fast. And I think that's our bad, honestly. Like, we just need to be wise in that. Um, we shouldn't awaken anything, right? We shouldn't awaken love before it's time. And I think we tend to rush ahead of God sometimes because we have this vision of a family. You know, women, our minds go a mile a minute and we overthink everything. And literally at hello, sometimes it's like, okay, um, so how many kids do you want? <laughs> It, I mean, that's just yeah. the reality. Our brains are wired in a way to, well, not everybody. And ladies, if you're not like this, you know, um, it's all right. 
to don't send her hate DMs. <laughs> yeah, don't don't come after me. Um, hey, check me too. If I'm saying anything that's really out of pocket, check me, correct me. Um, I'm open to that. And so, but yeah, no, I, I really do believe that women um, tend, at least for me, my mind races, right? And so it's really important for us to get with the Lord, develop a habit of being with the Lord, allowing for him to quiet our spirits, allowing for him to really just like, um, and allowing the Holy Spirit to really just uh, calm us and slow us down emotionally, because we tend to be a little bit, yeah, out there. So I would say it's our job. Of course, the man has a role to protect us in that way and to honor us, right? Like, make your expectations clear, over-communicate, um, make sure that, you know, there's no confusion. Like I said before, eliminate any areas of confusion because women tend to ask a lot of questions in their minds and it really, um, you can't over communicate. I can't stress that enough, but yeah. So I would just say we need to be a little more cautious in that. We need to practice wisdom and discretion. Um, and yeah, so we are very emotional. We tend to be a lot of us. <laughs> Agreed. No, that's real. That's real. Thank you guys for sharing that. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. There's some things um, I'm going to definitely chew on and think through. Do you guys have any last thoughts or last remarks before we wrap up this episode of Shaking the Culture? Um, I think one thing that I would say is um, if, you're in our, if you're in a place right now and you don't know if you're ready for a relationship or you think you might be or whatever that even looks like, um, I think a lot of times when we have issues in this area, it's because we need to re-examine purpose. We need to re-examine the purpose behind um, God's design for marriage and relationships. Yeah. I There was a book that I read a couple years ago called The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. And he talks about this concept of it's not so much who you marry as much as it is why you get married. Yes, yeah, good. So it's important. And then the who will follow after that. Yeah. In a way where um, you make a wiser choice right on the who because your why is clarified yeah. I would say uh, run after that why mm-hmm. um, petition from the Lord right to teach you what is his design for marriage um, I believe it's not just to make us happy and, and Gary Thomas said this as well something along these lines it's to make us holy right yeah. of course there's joy in there there's happiness yeah. um, relationships but it's to make us ultimately example look more like Christ like he's our example right and we are called to holiness through every relationship that we are in romantic platonic but in marriage it is to make us holy right to make us look like him and so examine the purpose behind it and really a lot of these relationship issues are a purpose issue right the whole time all these things it's a purpose issue and so I always tell myself, and this is, I'm speaking to myself right now. I challenge myself in that. Go examine why is it that I want to get married? Um, Mm -hmm. For godly reasons, or is it for ungodly reasons? And really just taking that to the Lord. Um, So I think that's that's really all I have. That's so powerful. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Zama, do you you have any last thoughts? Yeah, um, that was really good. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I think that McLeet spoke on that single perspective. I think from the perspective of if you're right now in the process of pursuing someone or considering to pursue someone or you're in a relationship right now and you're dating, um, one, I can't stress the importance of seeking counsel, Mm -hmm. seeking wise counsel and being discipled through dating and pursuing. Um, That is so important. It has changed my relationship. It has been the result of the growth in my relationship. Um, it can be really awkward. It can be really uncomfortable. It can um, 
you know, it, it can be weird, but it, it has to exist. Like you shouldn't just be dating a person in silence together. Uh, it's just you and me until we now face, you know, marriage counseling and things are going to come up in marriage counseling. Like, I think it's equally as important to be, um, just counseled and check in with wise counsel in your dating season. Um, it's not meant to be, this walk is not meant to be walked alone and no part of this walk is meant to be walked alone. And that includes being, you know, in a relationship, being in pursual, um, whether that looks like, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I want to pursue this girl. What do you think of her? I, 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 I did that. I, I went to my pastor and said, Hey, this person is pursuing me. What do you know? And what do you think? Um, and took what I, you know, took what I talked to her about and brought it to him and said, Hey, I talked to my pastor and these are the things that came up. Let's talk about it. You know, this is, it's not, they're not there to, or they shouldn't be there to get in your business and tell you what to do and things like that. Um, so put that pride aside, put that ego aside and just come to them with what you have. Um, because you don't want to, you know, be ready for marriage one day and be like, Hey, we're ready for you. You know, uh, let them walk you through that. So good. Let them be there for you. Um, so yeah, that is super important is, you know, make sure that you are, um, in discipleship and in counseling for that. Um, and then I guess the other thing, I don't remember what I was going to say, but yeah. Oh, oh yes. Um, prayer. Prayer is so crucial. Like God has to be in the center of it from the beginning, like from the first DM, if you're feeling any type of way, like it sounds so simple, but like if you're feeling any type of way, bring it to God. Like if you're feeling those butterflies when she texts you or when you text her or when he responds, whatever, bring that to God and say, God, like, I feel this way. I feel happy. Like bless this and, and help me walk through this. He has to be at the center of it from the beginning because things will come. Like relationships are not easy. And I know people say that um, often, but they're not like things come up and it, it gets hard and it gets messy and it's just difficult as it is with counsel. Um, so bring everything to God. Don't allow there to be a season speaking from experience. Don't allow there to be a season where God is not at the center of it because that will happen. And then that's when just everything creeps in. That's when the enemy tries to come and destroy what you have. Um, and you can let it if you're not, you know, in touch with God. Um, so men, if you're listening, d don't, don't stop at just, you know, pursuing and praying in the beginning, pray through it, like set up prayer times together. Maybe if it's once a week prayer calls, do devotionals. Um, you can reach out to me if you want any advice on, uh, dating devotionals. Um, even though there's a lot of them, there are a few and they are helpful. Um, that book I mentioned, and there's some on the version app too. It's just, it's helped so much. And it's, to a point where it's even helped cultivate conversations that we wouldn't have had on our own had it not been inspired by these, by these things. Um, and even if you want to prepare for them in your single season, like just make sure that you are using the wisdom of, of God to make sure that you are doing things right, because the enemy is going to come in and come in anyways, but it's going to hurt even more if you're not rooted in God. And if you're not centering that relationship and what you have in Christ, um, what you bring to the altar with your vows shouldn't be like, your vows are not going to be like, you're really attractive and you're tall and you're six, four and you're cute. And you know, your vows are going to be these things that, that God has brought, you know, into your relationship. They're going to be characters, you know, they're going to be all these things that you just need to protect it in prayer. So I can't stress the importance of prayer and counsel. Um,
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on Shaping the Culture. Um, I am, yeah, there's so many great takeaways from this conversation. And let us know, uh, DM either McLeet or Zema or hit me up if you guys want like a part three um, and you guys want all the guys and girls to come back together and have a conversation or what have you. Um, but yeah, just hope this blesses you. And I hope this gets you thinking um, in a way that would both glorify God and honor God. And, and when, you, when you live a life that's um, committed to honoring God and glorifying God, it will work for your good. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, thank you guys for sharing your heart. Uh, thank you guys for sharing from some of your experiences and being real at moments. I know that's not always easy. So we appreciate the transparency here on Shaping the Culture. I pray that that will bless many. Uh, family, uh, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in as always. Until next time, peace and grace. <laughs>